This is Elizabeth Spring from North Node Astrology and NorthNodeAstrology.com. Today we're going to be talking about becoming your own best astrologer, learning astrologer, and considering could you become an astrologer. Uh, and in this uh, podcast, I'm drawing from three of my books mostly. Uh, the first one that most of you know me through is the North Node Astrology, Rediscovering Your Life Direction and Soul Purpose. And my last one, which is Astrology for the Third Act of Life, and the one that we're going to be using today, uh, Lifting the Veil, Becoming Your Own Best Astrologer. This is a book I wrote for people who know a little bit of astrology and want to learn more and become better at it, and who may also even be thinking somewhere down the road that they might be an, become an astrologer themselves. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and glad you dropped by. So I'd like to start out today by uh, a quote from Henry Ford. He said, one of the greatest discoveries a person makes is to find he can do what he was afraid he couldn't do. Could you become an astrologer? Why not? Astrology is a soul language, but it's also simply a language of symbols. And like any language, it can be learned with practice, patience, and curiosity. Some people are more fluent in languages immediately, and some people take longer to learn. Try not to be too judgmental of your own abilities right away. It's really just a matter of your degree of commitment to it and time. We all start at the beginning. And like a language, if you're beginning level French student, why not go to Paris or Quebec and start using some phrases. Why not start playing with this language and see if you can discover that you can do perhaps what you were afraid you couldn't do, as Henry Ford was saying in that quote. And if there's any friend you have who you know who wants to learn this astrological language with you, that's even better. Pour over your charts together, use your reference books and learn from each other. Now, some people ask, well, can you make a living doing astrology? Astrologers will react differently to that one. My response would be essentially yes. Astrological guidance is much sought after these days, and even more so if you have a niche within the field. If you can get yourself out there through giving classes, working a blog, a website, or a YouTube video, uh, or a podcast, then you can begin uh, making money. I, I primarily um, do this through uh, my readings and selling my books. Um, I used to do teaching as well um, at yoga studios and the Boston Young Institute, but I'm not doing that these days at the moment. But um, I do know that it's, it's hard to start actually doing a reading for somebody else. So let me tell you a little story. My first reading was a request from a young woman in my women's group. She gave me Charlie's birth information 
and I prepared for my first reading for hours. I was nervous as we started with this because I saw that I needed to tell her that Charlie wasn't really all that stable, you know, assuming that this was her boyfriend, and that it looked like there could have been some abuse early in his life, which could indicate psychological problems now. I went on and on about Charlie. Had he ever been to therapy, I asked. She finally grinned and then laughed a sad laugh. Then she confessed. Charlie wasn't her boyfriend, but her horse. Yes, her horse. The vet had suggested she have been put down because he kept intentionally or not intentionally falling when she rode him, and she wanted a second opinion if this was a serious problem or not. After letting out a long sigh, I said, yes, it did look serious. She was sad to hear this, but she also admitted that the last time he fell, he injured her, and it seemed like this reading was confirming what she already suspected. So that was my first reading for the horse. After that, I did many readings for teenagers, mostly friends of my daughter, all for no fee. I knew most of them a little bit already, and I was very careful how I said things, and most of all, I made it positive. Now, Uranus and Neptune rule astrology. When you have a strong transit of either, you may get bit by the obsessive astrology bug. It's not cured easily. I was bit by this bug really strong during my Uranus opposition around age 41, 42, and it was then that I became uh, began to become friends with other astrologers and began reading astrology books like an obsessive. Obsession is also a quality of Pluto transits. But anyway, most astrologers learn the most from studying their own charts. You know yourself better than anyone else, and you can track the patterns and feelings that correlate with the moment in your chart. For some people, a planet like Saturn can be a problematic transit, and for others it won't be. You can look at your birth chart and see how any planet is aspected and get an idea if it's likely to be a relatively easy uh, transit or not. If Saturn or any of the outer planets is aspected in the birth chart with trines and sextiles rather than squares and oppositions, which are more challenging, you're probably not going to get uh, too bothered by the negative possibilities of this planet. I mean, that's simplifying it a little bit, but there's truth in this to remember to keep referring back to the birth chart as you look at transiting planets. And also think back to earlier times in your life when you had a transit of that planet. So that's a good thing to think about. And because you've learned that planets do not make you the way you are, and that why astrology works is essentially a mystery, you'll understand the delicious freedom of choice we all have and the advantages of knowing this language. Like a weather forecast, we can know when to bring a coat when it begins to get cooler. However, we must, and we know when we have maybe a challenging transit, but we prepare for it. We, we know it's there. 
However, we must always remember that we're working with a mystery and not uh, the laws of, and <laughs> the laws of cause and effect of karma are not always immediately clear. What are the lessons that we're learning here? We don't always know right away. Not even in one lifetime will we always know. So don't expect to be the all-knowing one. Now, astrology readings are similar to counseling sessions. And it's so important that you listen to what your client is saying. Sometimes clients simply want to vent. They need you to listen. And they want to know they're being heard. So it's your job then to mirror back what they say at times by repeating what they said in the way that you understood it and then look for the astrological correlate. So it's not all about you telling them something new all the time, which you might like to do, but also that you are hearing them on a deep level. If you don't have good listening skills and you're throwing a lot of astro jargon at them, you're probably going to find that the session isn't so satisfying. So balancing the listening with the speaking is crucial. Now along those lines, here's more of what I do in a reading. I found that besides knowing uh, the client's birth date, time, and place, I want them, I ask them to write me an email about themselves and about their concerns at this time. Uh, I think it's an extremely useful method if you want to go deeper into a reading. When I first started out, I thought clients expected me simply to pull rabbits out of a hat, which you can do to a certain extent. But how much better it is to start by knowing the basics of a person's life and what they want to get out of the reading. That gives you something to work with. And you can go deeper in your preparation. And then when the phone rings for the session, uh, uh, you'll have the email letter, their birth chart, and the transit and progress charts in front of you. And you still have time. Um, you know, you, you've spent a couple of hours pondering and researching the charts ahead of time. So you're not talking off the cuff with them. I, I never think that's a good idea. I know some astrologers, you know, almost boast of the fact that they don't need to prepare. Uh, yeah, I don't need to prepare either. But I'm going to give a much better reading when I do, and I always do. Now, here's an idea for you people out there who might be willing to begin to take the next step in learning. It's give yourself a reading and do it this way. Pretend you're writing to an astrologer about yourself and your concerns at this time. That's the email letter. Then pull up your birth, transit, and progress charts. Look at the birth chart, you know, very methodically. Where's the sun, the moon, the rising sign, and the north node? Make notes and don't panic because you feel you don't know what you're doing. Just keep going. Sometimes I think it's it's like a puzzle, you know, it's like a crossword puzzle, and it takes a while for it to come together. Then look at the transit chart. Look at where Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are located. Circle them. 
Are they aspecting any of your planets? Make notes. Look again. Make more notes. Do the same with the progress chart, but look instead primarily at the progressed sun and moon, especially if they've changed houses or signs, suggesting a change in the emphasis or direction of the new sign or house. Now, other people also like to bring in, let's say, the asteroids or the lunation cycle. So you just, you know, do whatever you like to focus on. But those are, are the basics, um, the, the, the birth, the transit, and the progress chart. Uh, again, I suggest you go and have a cup of tea and reread your letter to yourself. Then come back and read your notes and look at the charts. Then come back to it later. Your mind will be working on the charts while you're doing your grocery shopping or taking a shower. Or when you come back the next day. When you come back, then you're likely to see the dots starting to connect. I'd like to leave a day in between my initial preparing and the, and the reading being the next day. It's amazing what can happen in that overnight period. It's like it's a... It's not that I'm ruminating, but it, it, it's percolating in the back of my brain. And, and I begin to see if something is starting to form. I find that this time between when my left brain is working, the note-taking in the beginning, and the uh, right brain intuition um, where I'm not working on it, I'm just kind of thinking about it a little bit every now and then. Having that space helps a lot because um, you want to use both sides of your brain in the reading, the linear and the intuitive. Now, people take what astrologers say to heart. They believe you. So the ethics and responsibilities of being an astrologer is, is great. We shouldn't throw out cliches and biased opinions at our clients. I feel that we need to be prepared by spending at least a few hours on the charts beforehand. And often we might say a little prayer for guidance before we start the reading. Close the door, maybe light a candle. Prepare yourself to be a clear channel for what needs to come through you. Ground yourself and open to spirit. Close the door to make sure you won't be distracted. Don't rush the reading, but a few pleasantries at the beginning is just fine before you find your way into the charts. Now, sometimes I like to jump into a reading by explaining you know, what I first see in the birth chart. And other times I'll jump right into the fact that my client is having a certain big transit or aspect such as a Saturn return or a, or, a, or a Pluto square or something, and I'll begin with that. So there's many ways to enter a reading, and I, I do it every which way, and, and there really isn't one way that I think is necessary. Now, um, here's a question I often get. Do you need to be certified or have a degree in counseling? Uh, no, of course it's helpful, but it's not needed. You are your biggest critic, and you know when you're in your zone and speaking helpfully and when you're not. Granted, some clients won't give you positive feedback immediately as you speak, 
So you do need to trust the process of what you are doing and keep going deeper and deeper into the material. Sometimes it takes a good 45 minutes before you feel the energy opening up and changing. Uh, Don't keep an eye on the clock. Keep an ear to when you feel the client has received the insight that they came to you for. At times, uh, 60 minutes will be just perfect, and other times you may need to go a little longer. Uh, I find that after about an hour and a quarter or so, though, it seems like um, you're going to find yourself repeating a lot of the same thing, um, and it isn't as helpful anymore. Now, in terms of being certified or having a a degree, um, I do have a degree in a master's in counseling, and um, I did apprentice with Stephen Forrest, so there's a certain certification there. But uh, when I started off uh, doing that first reading with the horse and with the uh, young young uh, teenagers, no, I didn't. I didn't have any certification or degree at that point. It is learning the language, and it is your own personal growth as well that is going to be coming in to. Uh, the reading and the wisdom that you can pass on. And I've often found it helpful to to the client to, when it's appropriate, to share some of my own experience or something else that I have learned. I might um, say something uh, that I know that Carl Jung used with his clients, or maybe I would have been reading something the night before. It's amazing how that tends to happen. And I, I get a certain insight and wow, it's useful the next day. So don't be afraid to go beyond um, just what you see. If, you, if you're if you hearing something from your client and you think you have a little piece of information, maybe it's, it's a little uh, personal anecdote, um, bring it in. So, um, oh, there's so much else that we could say. And I think I might continue this in another podcast. But why don't we stop there for today? And I want to let you know that this uh, today came from my book, Lifting the Veil, Becoming Your Own Best Astrologer. Uh, It's on Amazon, and you can get it in in paperback or audible other ways. It's probably best to get it in paperback because it does have some charts in there, and it's a good you know, it's a good reference book uh, you might like to, to look. It's also a good gift book if you know of somebody who is wanting to learn astrology. I share everything I know there from the software programs that I use to helpful books to read, not just my books, but things that I've used, books that I've used that have helped me. So um, that's going to be it for today. And um, like I mentioned before, if Um, If you are interested in a reading, you can find out about that on northnodeastrology.com. I do readings all the time and usually can do one for you within a few days. Uh, And you will see my books there as well and some reviews of them. But anyway, thanks for stopping by today and I hope you enjoyed it. Bye for now. (music) 